and said, no hablas espanol. And everybody goes, boo. And I said, yo hablo chingazos. And that means I speak with my fists. And so everybody rose up and started going crazy. <laughs> and, and, and like the whole crowd was like, ah. And then the guy runs over and just fucking clocks me, dude. And I just, I fall down. I get back up. I start beating, beating on him. Like I'm, I'm not even hitting him hard, but then that was just, that was it. That was everybody's excuse. And then the whole crowd just floods over and just starts kicking the shit out of this guy. All right, what up, you little sausages? Look. Steven's here. He just told me the craziest story off air, but he's <laughs> filled with stories. The re okay, so the reason why he's on the podcast, I texted Abby. I said, "Hey, I need someone. We need someone on the podcast. We want crazy stories because we've we've had influences, but they're all kind of wishy washy. You know, we suck. Boring. We right. suck. No, we suck. No. We're, we're literally all too worried about what we're gonna say and whatnot." And he take what was the sentence? Um, my boy was used to go on Mexican Jerry Springer and fight people. Yeah. And I was like, say less. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that about? How did you do that? <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a little backstory to get there. Yeah, I didn't just come out of the womb fighting on Mexican television, but I, you know. Hold on. Is it the same Jerry? Is the same dude? Same Jerry Springer? Does he just speak Spanish? No. Good question. That is, and he should do that. Honestly, everybody he, should be bilingual and just do their thing in another. He would crush it. A hundred percent. But well, a guy took his place in the Spanish world called Jose Luis. Great name. Sin Censura, without censors. Same character. That's his full yeah. name? Yeah. The show, Jose Luis Sin Censura. Oh. So it's like Jerry Springer without censors. Before you continue, I want to clarify something. People outside of LA, like if you say like Mexican Jerry Springer, they'll be like, oh, that's racist. I'm like, no, we mean Mexican. Oh, really? Yeah. Like sometimes people will say like, oh, are you just using a blanket term for like no, all Latino people? No, every single person in I'm the like, crowd beside yeah, yeah. me I'm literally was speaking Mexican. specifically the country of Mexico. Yeah, not, not Ecuador or yeah, yeah, El Salvador. Yeah, I'm not calling yeah. everybody Mexican. I'm no. talking about this specifically yeah. the country. I just want to clarify. Yeah, we're, we're what, 150 miles from the Mexican mm -hmm. border. So Spanish-speaking show right. is a Mexican show. Yeah. You know, it's Spanish, but it's, it's not in Spain. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, you know, yeah, not in South America. It's broadcast everywhere, though. Wow. So... I'm, I'm started with Oxy, Oxycontin, then got into heroin, started shooting heroin, started doing coke and heroin. So I'm just a fucking mess. That's a crazy combo. Crazy combo. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was. Do you have to do an order, coke or heroin first? What comes first? You know, it's so funny because I would. I, <laughs> but I, don't do either, but yeah. No, don't do either. <laughs> it, it, it ended up being a miserable, <laughs> miserable life. You know, like it, 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 it. it High highs and low, low crying in your car, about yeah. to put a gun in your mouth, but mm. then winning the lottery. You either have, like, you're in two emotions. Right. Best feeling ever, or you just want to die. Wow. But yeah, I, good question. I would, because I remember Belushi died from speedballs, I was like, I'm going to shoot the heroin and snort the coke, and then I'll be fine. And that's what I did. Mm. I shot the heroin and snorted the coke. Wow. Um, but sometimes I'd, like, knock out. But, and I was doing real estate at the time. <laughs> that's I was a, doing commercial that's a real tough, estate. like, hustle. It was a lot. I'd say most realtors do speed balls, actually. They do something. They have to. Add a I, and I was good at it because I, I didn't care, but I was I was breaking and snapping inside. I was like, start. So I, I was in a suit and tie selling warehouses. I would wait till Whoa. I would go in the warehouse. So, like, selling like supermarkets because it was like commercial, right? So there'd be an empty Whole Foods that I would, mm. we'd be selling or leasing. And I would go in there, just me. I would shoot up. I'd fall face down on the ground right before people were coming to the tour. And like I would wake up and people would be knocking on the door to come do the property tour. And I would do blow and wake up. So it was I was in that time of my life. Wow. That's like, that's kind of like a crazy game to be like, I wonder if I'm going to like be good enough for right? them to like come through the tour. But that was part of the high, 
Oh, see, like it's you want to kind of want to get like caught. Yeah, exactly. I, I just wanted to fucking just play Russian roulette every day with everything. Wow, it must yeah. have been interesting to like walk through a warehouse and like and the real estate agent is like fucking running through it. <laughs> like, yeah, I would like sleep with girls like during. <laughs> I would like bring girls in and like hook up and they'd be like, all right, they're coming. Like it just it was a different me, you know. <laughs> I'm married now. I love my yeah. wife. I have a beautiful yeah. daughter. Um, no, and yeah. so yeah, I was in that that period of my life and um, the same. <laughs> I would also wear the same the same karate gi, uh, and and go to started going to Jose Luis. But my, I was at home after work, like super suicidal and bummed out. And my cousin calls me. My cousin's a whole podcast. If he ever wants the podcast, he shut down LAX with with some bullshit. But um, <laughs> he he's gonna write a book one day. Like okay, he, he yeah, almost well, no spoilers. yeah. He was a he was a baggage handler. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, he he's a legend. He's a legend. And Hold on, what what happened? Baggage handlers used to just steal everything from everybody. Yeah, there is there longer story. He would be a great guest if he's willing to talk about it. And he said I'm. He told me one day he's willing to talk about it. But I guess allegedly, <laughs> he was uh, he got caught uh, taking stuff from. LA, just watch your shit at LAX. When you go through and you have your stuff in bags, like yeah. watch your shit. Uh, I, I knew a guy from New York at JFK that would would was he said he was him and his friends were making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month back in the day. You just you, you just grab it. What are you gonna do yeah. when you're in an airport? Yeah, you're you're at their beck and call. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, look yeah. at, take your shoes off. Okay, do this. I, I went to the airport one time and I had a actually this was like recently. I was coming from Austin for whatever reason. I had a lot of cash on me, like eight grand in cash, and. They, I went through, but I had it in my pocket, and the lady's like, "No, you got to put that in the tray and send it through." I'm like, "I'm not doing that. I'm, this is not leaving my hand." Wow. Yeah, she's like, "No, you got to put it in the tray." I'm like, "I'm not leaving it." I'm like, "Get your supervisor. I'm not leaving it." They're they trying to you? steal it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's fucking. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because what can you do? Especially if you have drugs. If you have, sorry, I don't know. What, what are you looking for? Your your Vicodin pills? Like, or, you know what I mean? If you had anything illegal, you, you just grab it. Like That's not the, the bags that go under the the fucking under the plane, the ones that are like go through the the go, check. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I never thought the of it. Check yeah, in. going through the check in. Yeah. Wow, dude. Fuck. Because I mean, if they have your bag for twenty minutes, what are you gonna do, hey, sir? Stand right there. Are you getting crazy, sir? Stay, it's like you're. You have no power. Yeah, I wonder why they took my fucking knife well, off it's me. It's also behind. It's once it <laughs> once it goes on the belt and goes into the back area. No one can see what's going on. They can just open everything up. Okay, so if stuff legally gets, if if you have a knife, if you have a cool lighter that you got from Singapore, and they're like, can't anything that that you have that's illegal, they say that can't come on the plane. Give it to me. Well, that goes into an eBay auction from LAX. They don't tell you about that. So really? a lot of times. E e bargain on shit like yeah, that. Yes, so a lot of times the workers will be like, well, I'm not going to just kick this up. I'll just take this. So, you know, my cousin had all kinds of light, every kind of lighter you want, every kind of everything you want that you can't be on a plane with. That's nice. Wow. A nice flask or a nice whatever. It's a good uh, side hustle. It, it's crazy. Work at the airport. It's it's a crazy thing. So it's then, a whole world. How did, so how did you get from uh, shooting up heroin, speed runs through warehouses and whatnot to Mexican Jerry Springer? So, so that cousin called me yeah. and he said... Hey, what are you doing? And we hadn't talked in a long time. We're both on our own roads of destruction. Yeah. And I said, man, I'm just fucking at home getting high. He goes, dude, turn on this Channel 52 or whatever it was. And I go, why? He goes, dude, I'm on I'm on a Mexican talk show. And I go, what? And, and I turn on, and it's my cousin fighting all these dudes. 
And and he goes, dude, that's me, dude. It's in Burbank. They film it in Burbank. It's so fucking fun. You have to go. And he and I went to a Catholic school. We both got kicked out. And we were both really bad kids. Yeah. And we we both had fun though. We were both like kind of like we just got in a lot of trouble. But then drugs kind of robbed that. So I wasn't like everybody's always like, oh, I want to party with you. It's like it was just me solo doing weird shit, you know? So so yeah. I, I was kind of in a sad time. For him to call me, I was like, oh, it kind of re- reignited like this old playful time. And he goes, bro, this is this is the most fun I've had since high school. You got to go on the show. And he goes, I have to warn you, though. They really fucking fight. It's not some bullshit thing. You're throwing punches. You're kicking the shit out of each other. And I said, uh, I said, okay. Sick. So he goes, it's in Burbank. It's at Lieberman Broadcasting. Go, call him up and get tickets and say, you want to go on and then just hop onto the stage and start beating the shit out of everybody and they'll fight you back. And so, you know, did you, you met me. <laughs> this, this doesn't sound real. This is yeah. crazy. You could Google it. There, there, there's like best of clips. It's absolute insanity. Absolute insanity. Does this still happen today? I don't know. I'm friends with Jose Luis. You fucking go. So, so a, uh, a, a, a Spanish <laughs> meme page posted my me telling this story doing stand-up and then jose luis put it on did you see it the other day no. jose luis this was only like it's so weird this happened so long ago a month ago if you go to jose luis and censura's uh instagram he put it on his instagram and he's like karate kid what's <laughs> up dude good to talk to you and he's sharing all my stuff Whoa, and like we're buddies that's now so sick. We're, we're wow. buddies now. yeah so you can go to his thing do you imagine harry jousey on mexican tv so jose luis is very available and he's a cool guy and he's always down for some crazy shit so like i'm i, I want to once once i've accomplished my goals in america i i definitely want to go down to mexico and and be on their television i think their prank shows are, are superior i think they're I, I just love the mexican sense of humor and the spanish sense of humor but wow so, so my cousin goes you got to go on this so i'm living at my dad's house i'm doing real estate but i'm i'm doing okay but i'm spending it all on heroin every day my mm. habit was crazy so i was just living at my dad's so i'm in i'm i i'd wear a karate suit Every day I did jujitsu for a free trial for like two weeks and then I just kept the jujitsu gi <laughs> and I would just wear it all day. So what as soon as I came out of my suit and tie, I would just do drugs and wear this jujitsu gi. Sick. Yeah, it was just like some weird cokehead shit. It's you awesome. know? And I would just walk around popping off to people and just wear wear a karate gi. White belt. Just a white belt. But um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it was like I was a you know, I was like, literally sounds like a movie. Yeah, free trial guy. Like just like, you know, <laughs> but I was just like thought I don't know, like I would I would wear it to like just all kinds of events, <laughs> all kinds of it. That that video I was telling you about, and I don't I don't know if you guys are. I don't want to disrespect your podcast by talking about another podcast. I don't know your rules. No, but yeah, we don't give a fuck. So so I so I talked about this on Tom Segura's podcast, and so yeah, because of going to those bukakis and stuff, I was like banned from Upright Citizens Brigade, this theater out here, and because I showed the video, I shot a video there of me and the karate gi, like doing all kinds of crazy shit, but. So my cousin goes, you just have to go. And he goes, but be prepared. It's a real fight. And it's all gangsters. And they're just looking to fight. And I said, perfect. I'm fucking down. Because I was like suicidal. And I, just, I was looking for trouble. Like I would, I'd buy heroin downtown. And I had these Roman candles from Tijuana. And I would buy the heroin. I would just go out in my car and shoot them at the drug dealers. I was just like on this like falling <laughs> down. Did I ever tell you that? Like, yeah. I would just shoot. I would just be like, fuck you. Like, I hated them for like killing me. But then I would be back the next day. Like, it was just, it was just like, it was like apocalypse now. It just didn't matter. It was everybody. Life expectancy down. There's three years for everybody pretty much. Fuck. You know? Jesus Christ. Um, so, so he goes, <laughs> so he goes, you got to go to this show. So like there, so I'm trying to think. So, okay. So I, 
I get a bunch of coke, get my heroin, get an eight ball. I put on my 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 karate gi and I'm like, I'm gonna stand out, so I'm gonna wear like a karate karate suit. I had like orange hair at the time or like bleached hair. I go in my car and I do like so much coke, like too much. Where I'm like, oh fuck, because I was nervous to go on the show and I was like, I want to do like racks of lines and I and I, so I I get nervous. I see that it's in a parking lot in Burbank, and there's all these gangsters in this parking lot. I'm like, I bet you everybody's over there pre-gaming. So I just popped out. Like the coke hit me and I was just like, fuck it, let's go. Let's fight. The worst thing I could do here is be a pussy. I'm just going to go all out. Because I was like the only white boy there, you know? Mm. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I jump into the parking lot and right away they're like, what's up, karate kid? What's up, karate kid? And they're all like teasing me, all these gangsters. And I said, what's up, guys? And, I, and they said, what you here to do, Karate Kid? And I said, Karate Kid's here to fight. And they said, oh, orale. All right, which means, like, cool in Spanish. And I was like, do you have my back? And they're like, dude, if as long as you get in there and throw a couple punches, we'll get your back. So, wow. Uh, is this too crazy? To no, this is awesome. amazing. Yeah. So then I get lost in my stories. I'm like, bro, do I sound like an insane person? You know, like, <laughs> no, I, was, because I just came from like nursing my child. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a different world, you know? Right. Uh, so, okay. So, so I show up. I'm all fucked up. And now I've got all these gangsters that are like, all you have to do is just throw one punch. And it's game on. And it's game on. We all got your back. So I walk in. There's one metal detector, two metal detectors. Then everybody has to sign a waiver. And I read it. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And it's like, if you get hurt, killed during the show, you can't sue Jose Luis. And I was like, because my cousin's a tough guy. My cousin's like six foot four, badass, like loves to fight or did. And um, he was like, dude, it's real. Like, motherfuckers are beating the shit out of each other. So I'm sure your fans will probably Google the show and, and take yeah. a look at it. So so I we go through a couple metal detectors. I sign a waiver, and I'm like, fuck, dude. And I look back, and it's all just gangsters just fucking ready, ready. I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm the only white person on the show in the audience, and I'm wearing a karate suit. So it's just like, I, I'm just going to be fucking... <laughs> You're the target. Fucking, I'm the target. I know it. But I'm, like, down for it, because at that time, I was, dude, I was, I was about to cap myself. Like, I was, like, I wasn't scared of, like, dying. You mm. know, it's crazy. So we get into the show, and they sit me right in front, and they start the, like, opening shot right on my face, right? So I'm sitting in the front row, and then... And they have, like, it's a live studio audience show, like, just like Jerry Springer. Yeah. So there's all these big monitors, and, like, they have the camera on me, and I'm, like, grinding like this, and Coke is pouring out of my nose, <laughs> and I look up, and I see myself on this jumbotron in this studio of, like, 200 people, <laughs> and I'm, like, like just doing this, staring at myself, being, like, what the, f how did, the how did I get here in life, wow. you know? It's, like, this out-of-body experience where I'm, like... <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Wow. Dude. Wow. Um, so then, so then the, the show starts, there's naked women. There's, it's just, it's, it's chaos. It's, it's a, it's a variety crazy show. Mm. So they have the first guy come out and supposedly he cheated on his wife or whatever. Cause everybody starts booing this guy. Can you, do you understand Spanish at this point? Or you're just like sitting there just like <laughs> waiting to just punch someone. I know enough Spanish. <laughs> un poquito. I know enough Spanish to know like that's the bad guy in this, in this, in right, this show. Right. Wow. Cause I was going to say, if I went there, I'd be like, fuck, I got no idea. And you, but you would, your, your spidey senses. You'd be like, I have to figure out what's going on here quickly. Right, like, right. Oh, if I was watching the show, I'd kind of get a vibe. You'd for be it. like, we're all mad at that guy. Yeah. Cause yeah. someone comes out, is boo so everybody just starts booing you know yeah, or like wow. you say fuera there's like certain things fuera means go go there's th i watched an episode so i kind of saw what was going on yeah, yeah yeah just like jerry springer you got the cheater everybody hates him 
then the like ex fiance or whatever comes out and yeah. they, they fight and and, and, and and then everybody in the audience is allowed to fight. You're just a, it's a free for all. It turns into a fucking royal rumble for real. <laughs> Holy f- How many is it like twenty security guards? There was a guy named Oso, I think, which is like bear and whatever bear in Spanish is. There's this really big security guard and like two other guys. But they, I mean, bro, like they didn't stop it soon enough. I mean, guys were just getting fucked up. So in the crowd, you guys are just sitting there and then you're just allowed to run on stage and fuck people up. So how did your first fight start? So, yeah. So, okay. So I'm sitting in front and everybody boos this guy and the guy looks out to talk shit and he sees, he just locks eyes with me. Cause I'm the only white boy and I'm wearing a karate gi and he's like, what did he say? He's like, he's like, he started talking shit to me. Right. And I was like, Oh shit. And he's like, no, he's like, no hablas espanol. And, 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 and everybody goes, boo. And I know enough Spanish, you know, I, I, I like, I didn't be like, he, he doesn't speak Spanish. And everybody's like, boo. And it turned around and everybody starts booing me. The whole crowd's booing me now, but I'm fucking coked out of my mind. I'm just like, it's like being on this podcast except for coke and fight. You're just like, bring it, you know? Holy Come on. It's like a fucking sick-ass Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you know? It's just like, <laughs> like, like, let's go. Like, fucking, who, where's it coming from, dude? I hate myself, you know? Like, you wow. know, I love myself today. Thank you to, to my higher power. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, but I'm true. Uh, I do. I'm starting to like myself. I'm okay. That's good. I'm not a bad guy. So I so I say this. The guy goes, no hablas espanol, and everybody boos me. So I was like, dude, I got to think of something fast. So I jumped up on stage, grabbed the microphone from him, and said, and said no hablas espanol. And everybody goes, boo. And I said, yo hablo chingazos. And that means I speak with my fists. And so everybody rose up and started going crazy. <laughs> and, and, and like the whole crowd was like, ah. And then the guy runs over and just fucking clocks me, dude. And I just, I fall down. I get back up. I start beating, beating on him. Like I'm, I'm not even hitting him hard, but then that was just, that was it. That was everybody's excuse. And then the whole crowd just floods over and just starts kicking the shit out of this guy. So then everybody starts chanting karate kid. And then they, and during commercial break, they're like, do you want to start coming in our audience regularly and starting, starting shit off? So Bro, your skin looks good. You know what I the only thing I've been doing? What's that? Is that I have a routine now. Uh, tell me about this routine. We've been using Curology and as you can see here. Same we, company that makes square chapstick, so if you drop it, it doesn't roll away. You wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but it is. It is exactly the smartest chapstick in the game. Look, it's not even rolling anywhere. What else does Curology do? Look, ladies and gentlemen, Curology is a game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals whether that's tackling acne clogged pores skin texture dark spots fine lines or something else you start by taking a short online quiz uploading photos and if it's a good fit they'll ship you your formula right to your door it even has your name on the bottle you can't go wrong with that yeah that's amazing i think uh i think there's so many hucksters in this world you need to talk to a licensed dermatology provider get help from the best in the yeah. biz yeah real deal look good and hot the, as fuck the best thing about like waking up in the morning having your routine you just yeah. know you're taking 10 steps yeah. ahead to look so much younger like look abby's 49 yeah i'm 49 i start my day with a win every day i started with a win with my skincare yeah. routine it's just there's, there's you can't go wrong it's made for you you have your step-by-step routine, so you don't feel overwhelmed. You don't feel fucking yep. stressed out. Curology's got you covered. So get started with Curology, just like I did, with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash tap in. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R. 
O-L-O-G-Y.com slash tap in to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime. Prescription subject to consultation. So I would like always, because it was like right near my dad's house. I was living in the valley. It was in Burbank. So I would do real estate, but I started having knots on my head. And then I guess I was in the one of the trailers because they they would have they had like a trailer so i started bringing my friends my ex football player friends from like our catholic high school i'm like dude are you guys bored do you want to come They're like fuck yeah so i just there'd be like four crazy dudes in front and so we were all just fighting constantly I'm, i have knots on my head and then we all collectively realized at the same time because i'd be filling up my gas tank during the middle of the day high but like functionally high just to sell real estate and stuff and, and people would be like hey what's up puto boom and start fighting me and i'm like dude like Spanish, like people would recognize you and try from, to fight you on the street. But I didn't, I didn't put two and two together until later. Cause you know when you do shit when you're fucked up, I'm just getting bombed on at gas stations. Guys are like, Hey, puto boom. And I'm like, bro, what is it? My energy. But then I realized like, Oh, like, cause in my mind, I'm like, oh, like I'm just on the show. Yeah. It's like doing a podcast to me. It was like the equivalent of doing a podcast and going home. Dude. Yeah. Like, but this was going out to all the Spanish speakers in Los Angeles, in Southern California, in Arizona, wow. in, in Central America. So it gets, it has a wide reach. And so I was getting recognized as Karate Kid. People were like Karate Kid. So so I started going on there all the time and, and fighting. I got I quit the real estate job because I knew the axe was coming, and I got a job on uh, at this restaurant called Mi Piaggi in Pasadena. Mm. So I was just like all knotted up, and I was like, I gotta stop fighting on this show. And so I'm like trying to turn my life around. Like right before I went to rehab, and I was serving at this uh, at this restaurant, and the bartender was Hispanic, and he just didn't like me. And I, I was relying on his drinks. And like I was like put, putting the drinks in. Mine wouldn't come. I don't know what I said or did something to disrespect him, but he just didn't like my style. And so he fucked with me. I was like, hey, man. I was like, a real, I was like hey, dude, my drinks are coming. What the fuck? You're fucking my livelihood. And so we got in a huge argument. So every time I put in a drink, it would just he would just fuck me. And then one day, all my drinks started coming in first ahead of the tickets. He was all shy around me. And I was like, uh, what's up, dude? And I, I'm like... I'm like, I've been around the block, so I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy's like, gonna, f- dude, he's being nice to me because he's going to fuck me up in the parking lot. You know, I was like always yeah, yeah. paranoid about everything. And so uh, all my drinks were coming up and he was like acting all like shy in front of me. And then I was in the kitchen and I was like, what, dude? And he goes, um, um, do you fight karate? And I go, what? And he goes, Jose Luis. And I go, that's me. And he goes, I knew it. I knew it. And then I became best friends with the guy. Which no is like totally way. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I fought on that show for a very long time. Did, were they paying you to, to fight? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you did this. No, and I do it again. You know, <laughs> do it again. If they asked me today with, with a with a wife and a kid. Yeah. If they said, Steven, come down for one last, dude, I would bring you. And it's it's all love. Like it's like I'm kind he, of a pussy though. I don't know if I'd want to fight. He wrestled in high school. He he keeps that I, too. He he boxes as well. He keeps that secret. I brought him down to my jujitsu school and he's fucking grabbing me around the neck, throwing me down. I'm like, he's like, Oh, I wrestled in high school. I'm like, No, he's just horny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that to me in the hallway. It's kinda of crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, get out, go over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, he's got a bottle of lube. Me. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> get over here, buddy. <laughs> a priest at our school. God. <laughs> St. Francis High School. He used to wrestle everybody. Yeah, finish gra- that yeah, sentence. If you yeah. grabbed his dick, it was it was right. Be- I was in summer school with this guy, <laughs> and it started the whole priest thing on the Tom Lycus show. Someone called in from my high school. I guess Father Chris was his name, and he would he would wrestle you, 
and I, so I went to, to summer school before I went to ninth grade. And if and this one older, like, cool senior was like, hey, man, this is the coolest priest. If he wrestles you, if you would get in trouble, and if you grab his dick, you don't have to go to Saturday school. But if he gets yours, you got to go. And I remember that, you know, whenever I was in seventh, eighth grade, I'd be like, that's not cool. Like, I don't want to do that with Father Chris. Like, you know, and he's like, oh, man, he's the best. dude. He's been doing this for 20 years here. And, I, and then he just disappeared one day. You know, like they do is they just put you to another school so it's not like the pro they're just like oh we'll just go go over to this parish you know and do it yeah. do it over there so then it came out on a radio show with this guy father chris the wrestling and everybody called he used to do that to me so that was like one of the first cases in southern california to explode holy, holy shit. fuck yeah wow he's a good wrestler he would turn purple he'd be in a month i'm sure his cock would as well dude it was <laughs> just watching this dude dressed like a franciscan you know in a franciscan monk turning purple while some seniors choking him and being like this is supposed to be cool. This isn't cool. It's kinky, but it's not. Wow, yeah, it's fucking weird. It's not so, right. <laughs> this is a this is a long question. Yeah. And how did you get from fighting on Jose Luis mm -hmm. to being a dad, a new dad that's like has your shit together? Yeah, pitching shows and stuff. It's, um, it's okay. a big jump. It was a long. So I'm older. You guys are twenties, thirties. I'm thirty one. So, so yeah. I'm. This 45. is why you know, like, I'm no bullshit. How old are you? 45. Are you really? No, no, no. Oh, I was like, Jesus, bro, are you drinking blood? You know, like, what the fuck, dude? No, I just got a horny right now. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm not gay, man. It's hot. I'm hot about that, dude. Youth, you know? Um, <laughs> yummy. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, how did you get... <laughs> so it, it, it's been a long road. It's been a long road. I'm 41, mm. so... Like, that's why, you know, Abby, kind of, I'm kind of like no bullshit. I don't yeah, kick yeah, it a lot yeah, yeah. because I feel like I froze myself for a decade. I fucked off and was just doing weird shit for a decade. Mm. And now I unthawed at like 28, got out of rehab like 30, 29, 30. And so I've been like on the grind ever since. But I feel like I'm 10 years behind. I'm just starting to catch up and, I, and I'm glad of where I'm at. But rehab, dude, I went to rehab and I worked a 12-step program that changed that changed my whole life. Really? Changed my fucking life. How did you, when did you know that, you, obviously, looking back... You could tell you had a crazy fucking problem, but at what point were you just like, yo, I gotta fucking figure this out? Like, Every, dude, they were doing interventions on me. The first time I ever did stand up was at this, uh, this, it was called like Unurban Cafe or somewhere. It was in, it was oh, in yeah, Santa Monica. Yeah, I think yeah. it, that's what it's called. I passed by there. It's like on, on, uh, 33rd Street. But I, my friend goes, dude, I heard that a friend was doing stand up comedy. So I was, 27 i was shooting up and I, was, I mean i was like falling asleep everywhere mm -hmm. and he goes hey come to this open mic and i went and i told a story and i did really well i didn't like think about it i was just high and i just went and i did really well and then um i rented out a a room in um like in pasadena and mm. that where i'm from and i was like i'm doing stand-up now well like a lot of people had heard i was doing really bad on heroin but this was everybody's chance to come see what the fuck I've been up to because they were hearing stories about me getting in trouble. Like I was always getting in trouble. So everybody came to this event. So I just packed this room. I, I wasn't even good at stand up, but I packed this room and um, I showed the Bukaki another video on the wall on a bed sheet. I had this whole like crazy, crazy show planned and I fell asleep while I was performing, if you want to call it that, and I kept hitting the mic, and it, it would wake up and go, boom, and, and I would wake back up, and I would fall asleep. It's on tape. I've never watched it. I don't have the balls to watch it still. I, I won't wow. watch it. But after that, there was an intervention at my house the next morning. And really? I thought everybody was just hating on me for going after my dreams. <laughs> so you legitimately took that as like, yeah, you guys are fucking... 
oh, I was like, fuck you. You're like, I try to do something great and you pull me down. So, you know, I was just like, I thought that. Wow. So after a couple more of those, um, my mom was like, we found, we found this place. Would you want to go? And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no. And then I just was like, I just had this gut feeling. I, 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 dude, I mean, I was watching the Christian channel fucking doing coke crying calling in hotlines christian hotlines being like dude, i was like at, at the end of my ropes dude and, wow. and uh i finally got this opportunity to go to rehab and i went and and i went and it was cold turkey They're, they just give you an advil and a cigarette and they fucking put you in a room and so they put you in a room for a week and and there's a whole rehab but this is like it's kind of like a it's like half the people there were let directly out of prison and the other half were in there from their own volition and it wasn't like a nice rehab like he and i did like, you have like roommates and shit like a hundred roommates there's like it's like cool the movie cool hand luke there's like 10 bunks in a room Damn. So, so like 20 people and, every, and everyone's coming clean and you're like a bunch yeah. of like psychos fuck like. 50% of the people w- just got released Arnold Schwarzenegger so this was like in he was there? 2000 no so in oh, 2000 <laughs> he's the governor holy shit no 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 he didn't I was problems. like whoa no. <laughs> <laughs> but he so he had this thing called Saska where he goes you know what yeah. people aren't all bad in prison a lot of this is drug problems let's give them a second chance so there's a Saska program all of a sudden all these people with, with drug charges who had been locked up for 15-20 years were now getting released so they're getting released in the same house, and it was the the craziest. The, that was the craziest time in my life in this rehab. It was just this crazy half prison. So guys were getting out doing twenty years. They hadn't seen a tree in twenty years, and they're they're like going crazy. I'm detoxing, going crazy. I could I could write a book on just that experience. Obviously, how long are you doing heroin and coke for? Probably about, well. Coke from like 95, not every day, but Coke from like 95 to 2008. And I started doing opiates. It went from, dude, I just got my wisdom teeth pulled. Vicodin, 98. Wow. And then I was doing Vicodin every day. I was like, this is great. And then my friend was like, well, dude, you know, one of these Oxycontin is like 16 Vicodin in one. And I was like, wow. And he's like, and there's no Advil. So it's even better. And so I started doing that. And once I did that, I was just, I was in. So that was like, that probably happened when I was working for this magazine called Big Brother Magazine, which is like mm. the start of Jackass, it was that came from this magazine. And so um, that was in like 2000, so 2000, 2008. And then, okay, so you're doing obviously that's pretty like heavy drug for a while. Oh, yeah. What, like, when your first weekend rehab, what the fuck is going on in your head? Well, I can you remember it? I remember it. So. I've always been a shit talker. You've seen like the tail end of that. Like yeah, I was like yeah, really yeah. like I, I have a problem with my mouth and it's like I talk a lot of shit and I'm yeah. really working on it. It's just a defense mechanism and and I, I I it's a problem and I've gotten a lot better. But I used to just constantly talk shit. So I I in in baseball in a baseball game I started a huge fight during this high school baseball game. Everybody got in trouble except for me and the coach was like. Steven's never going to talk, stop talking shit. That's why I'm not even getting him in trouble. And he pulled me aside. He's like, someday someone's going to fuck you up and you're going to stop talking shit. And I was like, nope, never happened. I talked shit about a buddy's girlfriend. He, I have scars all over my face. It, like He busted my fucking eye open. And I, and I seriously thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to stop talking shit now. And the next day I was like, fuck you, and just started talking shit. It was just like <laughs> this in me. And wow. so all these people had told me, you're going to get checked. The first night, the second night in rehab, because I, I didn't sleep for like eight days so Fuck, you just don't dude. sleep that's the craziest part because it was cold turkey they weren't giving me like something to like sleep and something to so do you're this. like rocking rocking kicking that's why they call it kicking here because i was just kick your legs just like feel like loaded springs and there's ants crawling through them and you're just kick- it just it's the worst feeling i've ever it's horrible and then everything that you've been suppressing is now coming out so all your insecurities that like 
I didn't go through childhood and high school like every like like processing things, getting my getting rejected, getting this. I was always high, so I was like, I didn't. She doesn't like me. Who cares? Or I didn't make this team. Who cares? Because you're just high as fuck. I was high as fuck. So then all of a sudden you take away that you got this horrible body thing going on, and then everything you've ever repressed is now like just like jokers, just laughing in your face. And that first night, I thought about all the people that told me one day my my karma would come, and I wouldn't be. You know, everybody's like, you're gonna stop, and I was like. It was drugs and alcohol. Like it wasn't a person that was gonna fuck me up. And I was like, I didn't have a smart ass thing to say. I just started crying. I it was it, and, and the guy that I was on a bunk with had just been released from prison. He was a hitman in in a prison gang. Holy very shit! Very polite, very nice guy, very polite. Killed a bunch of people. He's probably back in jail doing the same thing. Had no remorse and couldn't believe he was out. He was like, I can't believe I'm out of jail. I go and he was proud of it. He's like, he goes, I'm with this gang, and and I go, oh yeah, cool. And he goes, I'm the hitman of the gang. That's what I do. I just want you to know who you're bunking with. Let's just keep it classy. Or he said something. He was very funny. And I, <laughs> dude, there's no problems. Because right. I'm gonna have a problem with that guy. Right, right. Very right. neat, clean. Yeah. Mm. You just didn't argue with him. But he wasn't a dick. Yeah. He's like, hey, I think, uh, I think it's a little hot in here. And everybody, even uh, so, I didn't know because everybody bullshits when they're getting sober. And even the, like the guys from prison, but every single guy that would get released from all the different gangs, whether it was a, a African American gang, a Hispanic gang, Asian gang, they'd all look at this guy and go, "Oh," and they would laugh, and he would laugh back, and I'd be like, "What?" They're like, "Dude, he's a killer. We're all killers." But he, so I, that happened to be the guy that was on my bunk. Whoa. I couldn't imagine coming down off like heroin and coke and shit, and then just they're like, "Hey, you bunked up with this dude who like murders people." It's so crazy that it's almost like. <laughs> It, what do you like? What what else is there? Like you know what I mean? It was just yeah, like you're yeah. like I'm like in this place. It it it, it was cr- it was crazy. I actually snuck out. That's a whole other story. I snuck out and did heroin in downtown Santa Ana. I stuffed my bed to look like a person with this other guy, and and I did heroin all night. I got caught when I came back, and they were like, "You're kicked out of rehab," and I was like, "Oh my god!" I just broke down, um, and uh, and they let me back in. I don't. I haven't told you. There's so many stories. Probably have to come back. Again, you ever try and jerk off while you're in that bed? That I above did it him tw- twelve times. Twelve times a day. And he told me he'd kill me if I jerked off again. He caught me jerking off. <laughs> really? Yeah. I guess you, you, there's the rules. I never figured out what they were, but I was jerking off too hard because that's the only thing I had left to do. And he pulled out a knife. He's like, "I'll fucking stab you if you keep jerking off." <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> but I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be inappropriate. I just didn't know what else to do. But. Yeah, so that was a that was Holy a really wild time. This, this guy comes in, this surfer from Huntington Beach comes in. So once I once you're in that little box of a room, then you get graduated out to the twenty person room or whatever it was. Like I, I don't remember if there was like five to ten bunks. So you just got a lot of people packed in this room. Everybody's withdrawing. Half our prison. I mean, literally, prison guards would come up or whoever and just release people to this place. And so this kid comes in. And he's in the bunk next to me, and he just got weird energy. And he's from, I, I know he's from Huntington Beach, and I just didn't know. I know his name was Mike, and he's from Huntington Beach. And all of a sudden, one of the nights, so everybody's kind of sleeping. It's like two weeks in, three weeks in, everybody's kind of sleeping. The Spanish station on, on the alarm goes off. And just, bl- it just, just mariachi music playing, right? Mm. And, uh, and everybody gets off to turn off the alarm. And what I didn't know it was him at the time, but but what this mystery person had done is 
booby trapped the entire room with fishing line. So everybody was jumping off their beds, getting caught in fishing line. There's fishing line, all like spider webs. So everybody was getting caught in this fishing line. So all these gangsters were like, who the fuck is doing this? And they're getting out of the fishing line and they're screaming and fucking like, whoever is doing this, I'm going to kill you. And, and I was like, dude, what is going on? And so it kept happening night after night. And finally, uh, uh, <laughs> one day... One day in group, the guy was like, hey, you want to go salsa dancing tonight? And I was like, this is the motherfucker who's been booby trapped in the room. And I became friends with him, and all hell broke loose after that. Like, he and I just fucking soberly went crazy in this rehab and just played practical jokes and had a blast. Oh, my God. I thought you were about to say that, like, yeah, he, he got, got killed he got or killed. something. <laughs> no, no. That's what I was waiting for. Like, oh, yeah, we rolled over one day, and he was, like, fucking bleeding out. Like, he, and he was a good guy. Yeah, he was. Good. He's still sober. He's sober to this day. I know. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> My heart was racing. Yeah. He, he would do this fucked up thing where he goes, "You want to sneak out?" So you're just cooped up in this house. He goes, "You want to sneak out and do tap taps?" And we would. He, he goes, "You take a quarter. You take the fishing line. He found some fishing line. You could do it with fishing line or, or, or black string." And we would go into these neighborhoods at like two in the morning, just weirdo shit. And you tape the quarter to people's window, and then and then you tape the fishing line to the quarter, and then you go way way across the street, way across the street, and then you just go like this, and it taps on the fucking window. So people come out and they're like, "What the fuck is going on at two in the morning?" And then you just stay, you just hide, and people don't know what's going on, and you just keep doing them systematically for like two. Hours. People come out with guns, with fucking butcher knives in their box. I'll fucking kill you. And then this one guy caught us, and we, we almost got in big trouble. Holy! Yeah. Fuck. But we had, I had fun. So, so long answer is, I got sober, and and everything started to work out after that. Hell yeah! Were you hallucinating anything when you're coming off? Like yeah, that? I thought that I thought I was seeing things all over the room. It's because I wasn't sleeping. I didn't sleep for days. For days. What was there a point where you were just like, oh fuck, thank God I'm over this now. Like I'm done. Like there's that one night where you sleep like six hours, and it's the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Wow. And then that point forward, you're just like, cool. Like, this is leave my system. Yeah, you have, like, what's called post-acute withdrawal. I think it's called sub-acute or post-acute withdrawal for the next 18 months where you'll feel like weird things, but you almost don't even notice it, or you'll get a fucked up night's sleep. But there's that hump where you're like, I'm sleeping again. You're like, I'm, sli I'm sleeping again. But you, you, pay, you see all these guys that are junkies on the street. You, the reason why they're just – it's so, so, so – hellish to get off of it so you see people that are constantly all knotted out they're not even wanting to party like that's what my mom everybody's like dude you just want to have fun all the time i'm like dude if i don't do this like the consequences are just facing every Insane. fear you've been running from for the last 20 years plus a, your nervous system flipping inside out fuck, fuck. dude and but you once you do face it, it kind of is like now with like shit that happens, I'm like, bro, I'm fucking chiseled. I, you know, we do stand up all the time. You're bombing in front of 400 people. I feel like my nerve endings, like there's always life could always open up and, mm. and, and hit you. But like it, it, it gave me a sense of self-worth, like yeah. recovering and stuff and standing up to it finally and, and For sure. I, surrendering. Like, I, right. I didn't do anything. I was just like, I lay down my sword. I cannot stop. And I surrendered and did everything. Like, right. Do a twelve step program. I did the twelve. I just, and you did all the twelve steps. You all the twelve steps. It out. Wow. Commitments. I was like, I, when I got out, I became. I had a male breast surgery, which that's a whole other podcast thing. A male breast surgery. Because that was my biggest secret. Every addict has has one or two secrets that they're running from. That's that's you my had whole, titties. I got titties during puberty. It's called a, a gynecomastia. Gynecomastia. So that that made me really funny, Damn. really tough. So I had that going on underneath all, underneath all the Mexican fighting shows, uh, yeah. all the all the crazy stuff. Like th that was always there. It was haunting me, and I always wanted to perform. But I'm like, how can I ever perform with tits? 
Someone just be like, hey, nice titties. They would just, cr cr you know, crumble your set. Wow. So I went and got a surgery to get those after. I, a, a very wise counselor was like, you're running from something. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, there's just one or two secrets. So once you disclose those, and I was like, I, it just floored me. And I shared that with somebody. Yeah. I finally shared it. And then I Googled, I have tits. And that's a, that's a really long story. But I, I got a male breast uh, uh, reduction surgery. They popped them out. And then I wasn't... I, I wasn't working the 12 steps yet. And I thought, okay, well, that that's that. And that's I it. got yeah. it. I literally, it's a whole long story, but I got a dominatrix uh, uh, call girl right after like eight, five hours after surgery and did did speed balls with her. And then she thought I was a cop because I wouldn't take off my my uh, my shirt because I was wearing a compression garment. Cause, and then I had tubes of blood coming out. And so she put a dog call around me. She was like whipping me. And she's like, I'm ordering you to take off your shirt. And I was all coked out. And I just had surgery, but I just ran out because I was so high from the, the surgery meds. And I started crying to her. And I told her everything. I told her everything, everything. And I was, I was like, she was like, take off your shirt. You're a cop. You're wearing a wire. And I was like, I had male breast surgery and started weeping. And she was dressed like RoboCop. So she left the room. She Holy came back in fuck, Disney pajamas dude. and just this Russian dominatrix prostitute came back in, in like Disney pajamas and just sat and listened. I go, please don't kick me out. I just need to tell you everything. And I told her everything. That was May 31st, 2008. Whoa. There's a longer story than that. Like, like with that. Holy shit, Yeah, it's like man. you got to tell somebody at like the I start, right? It, it started, it started with, um, it started with her. That was, that it was her. I told her everything. I used my hour to just confess everything. And I was like jacked up. And then after that, um, my mom and my sister, everybody was livid because here I am out of rehab. I just had this surgery and they knew I, I confessed to my family. And then I just left. My, I was at my dad's house. And I was like, hey, I have to go get something. And I went and scored some drugs and did them. And then my first thought was, oh, I'm going to, you know, go have sex. And it was like, I was just, I was at a surgery, man. I, you, you're not supposed to even, if you have like nose surgery, you're not supposed to walk yeah. around afterwards. It's really, that's really dangerous to do. That's fucking great. Did you ever relapse after? No, not after May 31st. Thank you, God. So so, so what I did is I told this woman everything. I, I went to my grandma's in Pasadena. So they were blowing me up because I just disappeared after surgery. And I told this lady, I felt, I felt the weight lift off my shoulders. And I told this lady, I was like, thank you so much. I've got to go to my grandma's house. My mom and everybody's telling me, texting me to go to my grandma's house. She goes, you can't go to your grandmother's house like this because I was all fucked up. I was like, no, it's going to be okay. So I raced over to my grandmother's. I was... I was off Tampa Boulevard on the 101, so way in the valley. I think about it when I when I pass by there, and I went all the way to Pasadena, and I opened up the door, and my sister, for whatever reason, put a jalapeno in my mouth. I just walked in the door, and she goes here, and and I just she put a chili pepper in my mouth, and I took a bite of it, and my nose started pouring cocaine, and I was like, fuck, dude, and I started wiping it, and I go, and my mom's like, what is that all over your nose, and I was like, they were they, they were just done with my shit you know yeah. and my sister goes oh i just gave him a, a jalapeno my nose is runny too and my mom just looked and she didn't say anything and so i i hung out with them for five ten minutes there's this guy that was sponsoring me in the 12-step program but i would always like once it got to the point there's a step four where you kind of divulge all your secrets i would always find a way to just piece off of this guy so i called this guy's clot named claudio i called him he's like meet me at this meeting near the this 12-step meeting near the burbank airport so I met him. He's like, we don't even have to go into the fucking meeting. Like, just tell me everything, dude. Like, what's the deal? And I go, no, no, I'm ready. That's why I want to do this. And I and I did. I repeated what I told the call girl. Mm. And then I was like, dude, I, I think I think it's done. 
like I think it's I think like something just lifted off my shoulders. And he's like, okay, well, that was a four step. Meet me for the remaining steps. You'll read out of this book, read it. And every everything else out of that was pretty much just like filling out sheets and being like, Yeah, I harmed this person. How can I make it right? And do that. But after that, admission to her and admission to him. Um, save for like a brief few moments, like every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, that'd be nice to have a do- uh, beer at a Dodger game. But it was it was lifted from me. Like I could see it right here, and it just it doesn't have an effect. It, I don't want I don't want to do it. Wow, man. It was being honest, and it was like, that was my biggest secret. And there was a couple others that were just more personal, but like I had tits, so it's like I was like, everybody's like, just tell your secrets. So I was like, twenty seven years. I old. didn't know you had tits until just now. And I've known you didn't you know for, that. No, you I've didn't kn- know that I've story. I've known you for what eight years now. You didn't know that story. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, I don't talk about it much. I don't yeah. talk about it much. Yeah. But it was called it. You can Google. It's called a gynecomastia, but you get it from steroids a lot. You can get it from pot or puberty. Mine was from puberty. Like I yeah, I've seen dudes with, with roids that have like big crazy nipples, but this was like it was nipples. It was it was like a golf ball under my nipples. Wow. And I just got te- I went to an all boys Catholic high school and you could just imagine. They're I mean, mad it, sensitive as well, yeah? Very. And people would pinch them, it would oh. it would shiver your body. Yeah, it it was horrible. Yeah, I remember going through puberty and you have like little rocks under your nipples. So a lot of guys get that. that yeah, yeah. Mine didn't go away and it just kept multiplying. Dude, for like that's, two years. That's insane. Yeah. That was what it was. And then it just didn't go away and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, like, the fucked up thing, you know, I'm cool with my mom and dad now and stuff like that. But, you know, I just had a daughter. And if, like, she had a, a weird ear, like, dude, she wouldn't even know. It would. We would just go get that fixed. So mm. shout out to your, to, your, to your fans. Or not shout out, but, you know, PSA, if there's something, if you don't like your nose, if you don't like your left toe, dude, we live in the... A beautiful time to be alive. You can go. You don't have to tell anybody. You could say you're going on vacation to Europe for a year and go get whatever you want fixed. Yeah, it's crazy. You also change like my accept life. yourself and love yourself too. No, 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 <laughs> hey. that. But if you got, if everybody's yeah, like, hey, big you. ears or hey, big nose, you, and you're like, yeah. you can get it fixed, and it's not that expensive. You can go get it done. Yeah, and it, and it changed my life. How did your f- like? How did your family like stick around you through all the bullshit? Like, I know it's a bit of a big question, but like. I can imagine if if I was a parent and like years and, and then fighting and shit like that like that would wear me pretty thin. That that uh, I could cry just thinking like I my, uh, my no 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 it's okay I, my daughter's a month and a half yeah and my wife is an addict in recovery and so am I so there's there's a decent chance she's got everybody on her her side you know and I've got it on my side so. You know, I'm just thinking about my daughter. I, I, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know. Yeah. But, but I'm looking at my little baby, and I'm like, I'm just thinking, like, if she dates a guy I don't want, or or, or a girl that that I don't like, like I, you know. Yeah, it, it's I don't know, yeah. but I would I would uh, fall over into walls. Like I was like just you know just falling over all the time. So yeah. Heroin. Yeah. It was it was bad. It co- it caused them a lot of harm and. You know, I think the best thing I could do today is just to, to remain to stay sober and to be available and, and be cool. And be That's nice. awesome. And you have a great relationship with them now? Yeah, it's good. Sick, dude. Yeah. And then my brother got sober. Um, oh, wow. Is it is it a, ge- a, a genetic thing? Like, is there I think there's addic- some of it that are. There's gene? a genetic component to it. Yeah, so there's a genetic like component. Alco- it's, if you're an alcoholic, it's like a mind, body, and spirit, right? So if you have mm-hmm. the body and then your mind, it's like you have a spiritual abnorm- or abnormality plus your stomach, the way it reacts to alcohol. It's like this euphoric feel- feeling more than, than other people get it. It's like a much stronger feeling. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then wow. mind, body, and spirit. And then your mind is just if your general thinking's off. You know what I mean? If you're not, If you're neglecting your brain, if you're consuming bad stuff, like all three of those things combine and the addiction can become really bad. 
you have you have to stay on it even in even in sobriety because um just because I'm sober or Abby you're you're yeah, I'm open sober about too. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. open I I don't know. I don't you know know if you tell everybody but just because we're not drinking and using that thing is still so I I, I right, took a like puff of a cigar they, the other day. A lot a lot of Sorry to catch you up, but a lot of people think like alcohol is the sol- alcohol is the solution to your problem. You know what I mean? To so that you, feeling in your so guts. like alcoholics are using that to cover up a feeling. So when you remove the alcohol, it's All that's the when comes that's out. when the the personal work on yourself like just starts. That's, that's just the that's beginning. The yeah. So a lot of times you'll see somebody and they'll be like, "Hey, Steve, thank you so much for your help. You've been talking to me over the years because you get the calls, you get the DMs, yeah. probably from this podcast. I'll get DMs. Like, hey, man, I've been struggling with." So then, then a common thing that people will do, and I, I did this too, is, hey, man, I got two weeks off. Dude, I'm lifting weights now. I feel awesome. Thank you so much. Well, hey, are you doing like any kind of therapy or 12-step? Because there's a reason you're getting blacked out for five years. That's not just – you're, you're, there's something going on. And, and, and inevitably, 99 out of 100 times, if you don't jump on that and address that, whether it's 12-step therapy, some talking to someone about yeah. what's going on, it, you're just going to go back. That's just the, that's just what happens. So you have to – it's just the entry point. So once you stop all that, that's when your brain really starts racing. Wow. And so if I were to stop now, you get hints because, like, it's – God permitting, in, in, in two weeks I'll have – 14 years, and that's a lot. But I just fuck. I, I took a puff of a cigar two weeks ago with my brother. He's like, hey, man, I got some badass cigars. I took a puff. I was smoking a cigar when you texted me writing jokes uh, wow. to be on the podcast. I've smoked a cigar every day for two weeks. I know where all the cigar shops are by my house. My wow. wife, I have a newborn baby. She's like, dude, you smell like cigar. This isn't who I married. Like, you're smoking <laughs> cigars now. And I'm like, I'm smoking cigars now. Wow. So I'm smoking, it's not a lot, but I'm smoking a cigar a day after never, I don't, I didn't never smoke cigars. Maybe one, you know. Do you like, like the taste of just, just the, the drug in it? It just Ooh. was like, ooh, I want more of that. That felt good. That was kind of a rush of my coffee. And now yeah. I'm having a cigar every day and I'm patiently waiting to go have a cigar. So I get reminders that, you know, there's worse things I could do, but it's like that little thing's still in there. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ, uh-huh. man. That's wild. Wild? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, I don't talk about the breast thing, but I think... So, I've talked about it on one other podcast, I mm. think, and in three gentlemen got the surgery after that were DMing me, and I was like, go, and they went and did it. Life changed, dude. So, if you're listening to that, you got tits. And you know what's so funny? I get sober. I have the surgery. It healed over. Still mm. look a little weird, but but they it's people will say stuff if I do shirtless stuff. They'll be like, "Oh, that nipple's kind of off," you know. But I I don't care anymore because at least they're flat. Yeah, you yeah. know. So um, I went to there's this club. It's closed now, but but the, the the spot other than the comedy store was for stand up. But like the the super spot was the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's in it was in like East Hollywood, Los mm. Feliz, and everybody went there. Everybody, you'd see a show there, and six months later, it'd be on it'd be on a television. It'd be a television show, and this was the spot. So I was like, okay, like my 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 chest is flat. Yeah, I, I go start going to before I did Improv One Hundred and One. I was gonna sign up for Improv One Hundred and One. I said I wanted to see one of these one of these shows, and dude, heavy hitters. Fuck, these guys did an opening monologue, and this guy. This guy had a gynecomastia, and he had a really thin, like, vintage shirt on. And I was like, I can't believe this guy's going on stage with just utter confidence, you know? And I had seen this guy on a billboard for Comedy Central, and I, he went out, and he did his monologue, and he picked on someone in the front row, and this cocky son of a bitch in the front row, I'll never forget, he ripped on him. And the guy goes, yeah, but you have tits, the entire place erupted into laughter. That was the first show I saw since I, I was <laughs> watching. I go, no your biggest fear. dude, it doesn't stop. So I go, 
Oh my fucking god! I I was floored. So then, like, I'm like, you know, a month or two sober now, just like starting to sprawl out and do my dreams. And so the so the guy goes, I remember he rolled up imaginary sleeves. The guy with the with the guy in a capacity, and he goes, Oh, you want to spar? Went super hard on this guy. The guy was obviously a talented guy. Had his own had a TV show at the time, and and I don't see him much anymore. Went to town on the guy. Everybody laughed. So the guy did really well. And the guy goes, Yeah, but you still have tits. <laughs> Folded over the audience, dude. And so this guy turns bright red, and I'm like, "Oh my! This, like, I don't know why I'm seeing this. If it, like, I, like yeah, maybe to say that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe that I wasn't crazy, and I really because my mom would always say, "Oh, they're fine," and then I'd go play football, and I'd be like, "Hey, titty," you know? Like yeah. it was like, "No, they're not fine. Oh, they look great. You're it's in your head." So I, maybe it was like, "Hey, this is real, and this is this is the danger that was heading for me. Should I have put myself out there in this yeah. capacity?" So the guy did it a third time. Teed off on the guy again. Very funny. One of the best, you know, performers around town. The guy, the guy in the audience was just an assassin. He just waited and he goes, "Do I have to say it again?" He's got tits, dude. The la- applause break. His team, because it was an improv team, and he was just doing the monologue. They came from backstage and re- physically removed him. They go, "Hey, dude, it's it's time to go. We have to start the show." He's like, "No, this guy came unraveled. That guy didn't do the rest of the show." And so they go, they go, does anybody want to, hey, he's not going to be joining us. Does anybody want to come in and sub for the show? And I jumped on stage and went on stage and did a scene. And that was my first at UCB Theater. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Wow, dude. Mm-hmm. That's fucking, that's a crazy sign from the universe. That's- it was crazy. And and this is, this is going to sound like absolute bullshit, but it, this is the truth. Um, I'm trying to think if it is the truth, <laughs> you know, cause it's so special to me, yeah. you know, I'm like, am I, yeah. So, so my, I had saw my heroin dealer. This was in Los Feliz. I had saw my heroin dealer while I was waiting in line. And he said, Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. And I got sick to my stomach and wanted to throw up. And then I went into that show. I, I think that was the same day. I'm, I'm 99.9% sure, but it was, stu- it was 14 years ago. And it was hazy, but that, that actually did happen. I, and I started hanging out at the club a lot. And I, I think that was the same day. Fuck. Yeah. So I got so so this guy got pu- pulled out of there and couldn't perform the rest of the night. And I was like, you know, I'm sitting there. I still wow. have like bandages. Like I couldn't believe Did it. You, I didn't have tits. You should have just yeah. pulled your tits me. out. Oh. That would have been so good. I got yeah. tits too, motherfucker. I, I, I got to take it and I'm taking your spot. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I, I should talk. You know, it's so funny. I like, I should talk about this more because it's helpful. Yeah, you know, because there's productive. someone with tits that's going to blow their head. It, 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 it almost killed me. Really? Dude, bro, it you're, you like that, you're a dude. Like, have it, go have tits. Go go to all boys Catholic high school and go play fucking football or yeah. go play soccer. Shirts and skins. Huh. I wouldn't wish that on fucking my enemy. Yeah. yeah. If you wrote that into a script, you'd be like, this guy's about to go through hell. It was it was it was really tough, and you learn to navigate. And you know, it, I'm quick on my feet. I'm quick verbally. Yeah. Because if someone would look like that, I'd be like, oh, this guy's looking. So what's fucked up on him? What can I say? You know, it, it really honed those wow. hyper defense skills. It's crazy because you never really hear too much about like uh, male bodies dysmorphia and shit like that. Yeah. Like, that's that's fucking wild. Well, Chris John used to have that as well. My best friend. He used oh to, really? Yeah. He well, it's, it was from uh, roids. Yeah, it was. From, but he did. It took it when he was younger, and it was like he did it the wrong way. But yeah, he had to get he had to get the surgery. Like rocks underneath it, and it sticks fucking out. Rocks. I saw another guy like that uh, on the weekend. He come up and he's like, "Hey, we we met before, but his were like crazy." And it was from it was from roids, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, and did he show him to you, or you just saw him? No, he was just, he was shirtless. 
Let's walk well, around. That, and I never. That, you, every he, once in a while, you can see guys on the beach with it shirtless, and yeah. I'm like, bro, I, I hid in a cave. I hid under the blanket of heroin. Because yeah. like, you're just rocking this on the beach. Like, what? I just, uh, yeah, it's like, I guess he just did. He's just like, you don't know, fuck it. Like, this is me. Like, uh, wow. I back, but yeah, he like leaned over in front of me, and I could uh, sort of like hang a little bit. And yeah. Like, oh shit, man. Like, but like, fuck it, respect. What was the craziest shit that happened? Like, because obviously. It's fucking nuts when you're when you're in that situation. You're in your karate suit. You got your boys. Did you really get like knocked out? Did anyone ever like pull a knife? Like I, I guess they couldn't. But I got punched pretty hard. But I was, dude. I, I'm not a badass, so I did a good job of like going in there. You know, like swinging a few times, yeah. and, then, and then you know, I I I punched a couple guys good. Got punched good, but but there was like. You, you know, look at the clips. Like, after we're done, look at some of the clips, and you'll see, like, there's fucking... There's tough guys. There's yeah. super tough guys kicking the living shit out of each other, and I'm not that. And so I would go in there and just for show... Jab, I've surely got my ass kicked a lot, but I would go in and, like, throw a couple good ones and then run away. And it, it's usually, like, a group on one or two people on stage. And that, and so it's not like you have to be a badass. But, but I did... So I went... Like, the third show I went to... It's always the same situation. They bring a guy out, everybody boos him, or there's some kind of problem, and then it, they have like a, a bell sound. It goes ding ding, and it starts. And I and I went to one where the guy ran out, started talking shit to someone in the crowd. Someone just like like I had hopped over over the little ditch, went on stage and knocked all of his fucking front teeth out. What they just went across the studio, and then they stopped it, mopped it up. Oh my god! Women came out, danced to a band. A band played, and girls were doing salsa dancing, and they just started segment number two. And that's when I was like, "Holy shit!" This is real. Yeah, wasn't even tripping. People weren't even tripping. Fucking teeth everywhere. Wow. So it's like that. Fuck. Yeah. So I so I would go a lot, but then and then I wouldn't participate every time. Like when I tell it on stage, I'd be like, "Oh." And then I was, you know, like I got in there a couple good times, and then I would go and I would fight. But I would mostly just it was just it was like watching a bullfight. It was just like you know you're going to this spectator sport. It's crazy. It's fucking. Sometimes I would I would get in and be the bull or be the get gored. But yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Any other crazy shit that went down? I'm writing a book right now, and those are two scenes I'm writing in there. Like, I'm writing it. I'm like, oh, this is fucking crazy. I mean, I'm just... It's actually nuts. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote uh, two drafts of a book in, in quarantine, because everybody's like, dude, these are these, these should be in a book. So I actually wrote it, and I'm ra- waiting. I, I took six months off, and so I'm waiting to write draft three. But as I'm, I'm just channeling as I'm writing it. it. It's interesting, because even as I'm telling you this, dude, I just got out of my car. I, I was just... Uh, feeding my my infant a bottle, and I asked my wife, "Hey, can you mind if I go down and, and and do a podcast with Abby?" And she's like, "No, you can just watch the baby when you get home." And so it's I'm in a totally different world. So as I'm even telling these stories, it just doesn't feel real. I'm telling it as a like I'm talking about someone else because I'm just wow. not. I'm not. It's it's weird even even doing it. It's interesting. Your memory is so like you can remember it so clearly like even with dates and shit i guess that's probably the the benefit of being sober yeah well a lot of these are were i'm telling you the highlights and stuff that was right, seared right, into right. my mind so yeah. now what will happen is i'll i'll go to pasadena where i'm from it's not far from here and i happen to like a lot of people come here from from other places so they're in la and whether they were somebody or did something in a di- different state well i i i'm here and people you this fucker so I run into people and they'll tell they'll tell stories about me and say stuff that like I'm like oh my god I did that I don't even remember that and it was this how embarrassing that was just so wow. you know, this guy used to do this or this guy so there's so much I don't remember but but you know when I come on podcasts like the, I'm telling you the highlights yeah, over a ten, yeah, of yeah, yeah. A t- these are the hits of a ten year period and they were so so um, adrenaline fused that they were 
they were seared into my mind. Do you have any like long-term health of like uh, effects from doing that much gear? No, you know what? I'm so lucky. I I don't really. I I'm I'm so lucky. I really. Don't. The thing with heroin is. The thing with heroin is, is it slows your clock down, it preserves you, and you're just sleeping. So I was getting in all these crazy oh, situations, yeah. but I was sleeping 18 hours a day. So it kind of like, I, I heard on a doctor, there's a show called Love Line here back in the day, and someone called in, and was like, I'm an opiate addict, and or my, my boyfriend's an opiate addict, I'm so worried about his body, should he ever quit this? And Dr. Drew was like, well, you know, you don't want to tell your boyfriend this, but after long-term opiate abuse, the body heals pretty quickly. Meth skedaddles you. Crack skedaddles you. Alcohol fucks you up. But there's something about opiates where it doesn't do... It'll it'll kill you if you if you overdose on it, but it doesn't damage your body. There's probably some synapses. There's probably something, you yeah. know, going on. I, I did... The worst thing that happened is I got these abscesses everywhere. I almost lost my arm because of a dirty needle. Because of wow. a dirt, dirt, dirty shit. So I, I, I was just uh, shooting anything. So I would go down and get whatever someone had in their sock or their mouth in these little balloons, and I would shoot it. And then one day, I was like, uh-oh. And I got these boils in, under my armpit, all over my arm, and I touched one. This is so gross. And I, I lifted up my armpit, I touched one, and it was just like something out of Jurassic Park. It just sprayed the entire mirror. Oh. And our whole bathroom just smelled like tuna. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I was like, I'm going to lose this arm. And so I started just taking a ton of omega-3, and I took, like, physoderm. I, like, Googled, like, what to do, and it, my body just kind of, like, overrode it. But, like, that was – I was on my way if, like, I didn't treat it or didn't, Dude. you know. To, that's how you lose an arm. That's fucking wild. I, I, w I was down there one time. So when that happened, I was talking to my friend about it. And you go down to make these like little weird friendships down on Skid Row. So you'd be like, oh, you go down there every day. You mean, okay, this guy's down there buying crack and you're both waiting on the thing. And this this one uh, junkie down there, old, old school, kind of like um, leather jacket, like old prison guy. He's like, man, this shit comes up you know, packed in mules from Mexico a lot of times, like in carcasses and shit. And there's fucking, he's like, dude, we all got these little critters in us. I, did I ever tell you this? <laughs> and I'm like, sit, bro, you're bummed. You're sitting there. You're not, you're waiting to get high. And you're like, dude, great. Like another consequence. And the guy goes, I'll show you. And he, and he, and he took his, his needle out and he went into one of his veins and he kept fishing around and he popped it out. And there's a little squiggly parasite. He's like, we've all got this shit in our blood if we're shooting this shit. And I was like, holy fuck. I, I was like, oh my God. But, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, what's the uh, the Mexico story coming across the border? Me oh. Mexico story. I got arrested in Literally. Tijuana. The cops caught me and I didn't have money to bail out. I watched them kill someone in front of me. Holy fuck. They put machine guns to my head. I, I, I said goodbye to my best friend and I'll just end it with that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you want them to come back and tell tell that story, drop us a comment. Let us know. I I don't know about you guys, but I've been. I, this okay. is a really good episode. This is big. Yeah, I don't. I, I just bla I don't even know. This is been great. crazy. Yeah. I'm a dad. Oh, and and uh, please don't do drugs or yeah, it's not worth drugs. it, dude. Yeah. If, you, if you got a problem, there's 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 solutions. You yeah. can't yeah. say you can't say oh, ever no one gets sober. Not true. Yeah, yeah. me and Abby. Yeah, yeah. Don't look at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. You know, I'll be. We'll be here. <laughs> where where yeah. can everyone find you? My, I have my Instagram. It's at Stephen Randolph two at S T E V E N 
S-T-E-V-E-N-R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H-2. And on TikTok, I think comedian Stephen Randolph on TikTok. He just got on TikTok. I've been having a blast on it. So I put a lot of stand-up on it. Yeah, there. he's killing it on TikTok. Oh, really? My, but yeah, I, I posted one, one thing. I was like, oh. got like 12 million views. Yeah, well, my, I posted something. Sick. just got 12 million. I got 100,000 followers. So now I got to go back out on the road to, to get more videos. Get more but, content. Yeah, I'll be in San Antonio. I'm doing Des Moines. I've got to, like ton of shows we're doing a show may 28th in huntington beach so yeah got a ton of stand-up fight i'll post it all on my instagram if you want to come see my stand-up and i'd love yeah, to come back please man. yeah yeah for sure wow okay thank you so much bro this has been uh, dm crazy. me if you're I'm, I'm married so i don't want to see any girl tits if you i got, do if you got, does <laughs> yeah, DM yeah. these guys if you got guy tits i'm your guy yes. I'll, I'll help you with that Hell uh, yeah. that's good yeah awesome damn bro. Thanks, thank dude. you so yeah. much <laughs>